0: I want to open this series that we have, this this generous life series. Uh, I'm excited about it. I believe that God has called it to called us to it. In Proverbs 11:25, um, it, it says, "The generous man, somebody say generous, the generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered." So, moving into November and um, has this thinking of Thanksgiving uh, as well as Christmas. Timeout. Y'all putting up Christmas trees right now? I'm going to weigh in. It's way too early. Oh my gosh, that's like one of the raging controversies. Okay, back, back to the message. But you know, it's also a great time to preach and teach on giving and, and money matters. And as a good lead a pastor, a good leader, I, w- I want to follow the example of Jesus as He's teaching. And so good leaders and good pastors... Are going to make sure that some of the teaching that you receive is about financial health. How many of you would say, right now, I'm in a hundred percent good financial health? There's a few. How many of you said, there's some things I can work on. I need some help. I need some breakthrough. I need some, po-. you know what I'm saying? So this is good. Do you recognize that 39% of Jesus teachings had to do with money and stewardship? 39%. That means that one out of every three sermons he preached had to do with stewarding. Wow. Money matters is huge. And it's a huge trust issue, not only in a marriage, for example, but also in your relationship with God. God will use money to test you and see if you can handle true riches. And so, Robert Morris, uh, Pastor Robert Morris makes this statement. He says, We're born selfish but we're born again to be generous. Martin Luther, the great reformer, wrote that there are three conversions. The conversion of their head, the conversion of their heart, and the conversion of their pocketbook. But unfortunately, not all happen at the same time. So have you thought about how we start kids off and then they have to struggle in life to bring back balance? Have you ever thought about how we do it? this has been kind of like resonating in my heart like like sugar. We bury them with sugar. Right? And then later on they're constantly fighting with diets and gym memberships and you know all, all kinds of stuff because we start them out just by by burying them, right? Or how about gifts? You know, we got seven grandkids. We love to bury our grandkids with ki- our grandkids with gifts. But then there's things where I'm going You know, what we're doing in a way is we're still going to bless them. We want to bless them. God wants to bless us, right? But we have to learn, we have to teach our our kids and our our grandchildren to actually steward and to be givers because they don't start out that way. Nobody starts out being a giver. Everybody starts out being a getter, right? I mean, just put two little kids in a sandbox and guess what? They're fighting over the, there there might be ten toys in there and they're going to fight over the one the other person has, right? So consider the cultivation of materialism and the world system is about getting and keeping. You know I I I I'll walk through occasionally My wife loves to, to shop at like Burlington or Ross and, and you know, you're checking out and then you gotta go through this narrow, this narrow hallway, right? Before you check out that's strategically placed where there's all kinds of stuff on the left and the right, just vying for your attention, right? And you're going, I will not bow to a compulsive spending thing right here. Oh man, I could use that right now. That would work so good. Am I, right? Are we, are we there? It's crazy. We're surrounded by it we 're inundated with a culture that says you need to get some more, you need to have some more, you need to do some more it 's just constant um, and I wish I could tell you that i 've arrived, but i haven 't something I still got to guard i uh, I remember bringing on a new elder and and his wife down in McCall when we pastored there, and we were attending a conference kind of the first thing that you're, you know, you're going to do something with a new team member. And we stopped before we went to the conference, we stopped at this fast food place. And, and, and basically I was horrified because this new team member reached over and grabbed some of my fries. I'm telling you what, men don't like to share their food. Amen. I mean, seriously, we'll go through and I'll, I'll go, Robbie, Hey, do you want, you want some, she's, uh, I want to, I want to, you know, use the uh, chicken salad, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I I feel good. I'm going to go ahead and get a burger. Do you want any fries? No, I don't want any fries. I'm like, hmm, she wants fries. She's not going to order them. And so so instead of ordering a medium size, I'll always order a large size. Or the scones. I love those, like, those three bean scones you get at Starbucks, right? When you get your coffee and you want to have something sweet. And she's like, do you want anything? No, I don't want anything. And I'm like, ooh. Okay, I want four scones. Because I know she's going to raid my scones. As soon as those sugar bombs hit the... She's going to reach over there and she's going to want one, right? Okay, so um, I heard a great illustration of being self-centered recently with a simple question. When you see a group photo that you're in, who's the first person you look for? Right? You do, you like group photo, oh, where am I? Oh, do I, oh, do I, man, I'm not, my eyes are closed, right? <laughs> because we gravitate towards ourself. Listen, selfishness and generosity do not coexist. They don't like to play together. That selfishness wants to kill generosity and generosity wants to cast out selfishness. It's like they're at odds with us, w- within us. And we're also caught in the trap that says, When I'm prosperous, then I'll become generous. And it's not true. It's actually the opposite. Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself also be watered. So there's a cycle of refreshing that comes, and it starts with generosity. You can actually start the cycle in your life by being the person that basically becomes a generous person you devise everything um in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 9:11 it says you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us I want you to let, let me read this again I I may not have put this one up on the notes but I want 2 Corinthians 9:11 if you're taking uh, notes, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce the thanksgiving to God. There's a cycle here that we see it's supernatural. See, God desires you and I to be enriched in every way so that we might be generous in every way that through us it produces thanksgiving. When, when, when I, when I'm enriched, and then I'm generous it's it's something happens uh, in the in the spirit it's something that doesn't happen in the flesh but happens in the spirit and then when you're generous to other people there's something that i had i had somebody just be super generous with me uh just just a couple weeks ago and i know my immediate response was well why why would they do that for me and then my response was, man, I'm so grateful that they have that heart. And then my response was, man, I'm so grateful for God. And it, it challenged me to be generous as well. I'm like, okay, okay, how can I devise something that's generous as well? Because it's inspiring. Generosity is inspiring. Generosity is not a one-time event, but it's a developing of a lifestyle, much like being healthy is not a one-time gym event. Right? Right? It's not that gym that you have in your basement that you're using for a glorified coat hanger. Like, hey, how you are you doing on your health? Yeah, I got a gym in my basement. Question is, do you use it, right? right? Health is not a one-time event and generosity is not a one-time event. See, see, is your life a long gift of generosity? Because developing a generous lifestyle takes discipline. Generosity has become optional. Generosity in our culture so many times has become an emotional response instead of a spiritual discipline. It's not just about an emotional response. I mean, yeah, there's times when you're moved and you know, when you're moved, move. But it's gotta be more than that because what happens is if if we relegate that to just a emotional response, then every time that I feel like, ooh, I might get emotional here and I might get like, ooh, I might have to give something, our selfish nature kicks in and begins to fight and begins to become the enemy of generosity. Generosity should also be sacrificial. Come on. Sir Henry Taylor writes this, he who gives what he would readily throw away gives without generosity, for the essence of generosity is self-sacrifice. A generous lifestyle starts... One with knowing that God owns it all. Man, we have an issue with that. We kind of know it ideology in our ideology. We kind of know it scripturally, but it really hasn't penetrated from our head to our heart to recognize that actually God does own it all. He declares it throughout Scripture. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow through a bunch of passages of Scripture right now for the sake of time. But part of my thing was is I usually like to just take one or two passages and. And kind of exegete them, you know, break them apart. But the volume of scripture that shows that God actually declares He owns it all is—it's humbling. It's like, ooh, that's right. I need to be reminded of that. Knowing that God owns it all, You're, you steward or takes care of something differently, or you should, if you know that it's been entrusted to you. Have you ever have you ever loaned uh, someone something? and they didn't take care of it? Do you still loan them stuff? You know, um, someone asked to borrow my truck once, and it came back and actually had fuel in it, and they'd washed it. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. I wonder when they want to borrow my truck again. That was really cool, right? I mean, seriously, that's how we want to be. We want to actually take something and make it better than what it was before we got it. That's stewardship. Right? There's no doubt that the Bible declares that God owns it all. Haggai 2, 6-8 says, for, for thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more in a little while I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea also, and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and they will come with the wealth of all nations, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. First Chronicles twenty nine eleven through 12 Yours, O Lord, is the greatest, and the power, and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and the earth, yours is the dominion, O Lord, and you exalt yourself head over all. Both riches and honor come from you. And you rule over all. And in your hand is power and might, lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. First Chronicles, I told you this is going to be a lot. Because it's amazing the volume. Like if you were trying to weigh something, the Bible says that, you know, in the mouth of two or three, let everything be established. So, you know, you might you might read a verse, you want to make sure there's a supporting verse. There is so much of this, it's crazy. Okay, so 1 Chronicles 29, 14 through 16. But, uh, but who I am and who are my people that we should be able to offer as generously as this. Somebody say generously. For all things come from you and from your hand we have given you. For we are Uh, sojourners before you and tenants as all our fathers were our days on earth were like a shadow and there's no hope but our lord our god all this abundance that we have provided to build a house for your holy name it is from your hand and all is yours psalm 24 1 says that earth is the lord's and all it contains somebody say all. all not just some right not just some. not okay all but not this part that i have the rest of it's yours god no, it says all that it contains, the world and those who, and who dwell in it. James 1.17 says, every good thing given, every perfect gift is, is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there's no variation or shifting shadow. A generous lifestyle starts with settling the, the, the issue of stewardship. Stewardship. In the beginning, God made the garden and Adam into tenant. Now I want to read this to you again because it's really important. By the seventh day, Genesis 2, 2 through 7, by the seventh day, God completed His work, which He had done, rested on the seventh day from all His work, which He had done. God blessed the seventh day, sanctified it, because in it He rested from His work. This is the account of heavens and earth when they were created. In that day, in the day that the Lord made earth and heavens, now at verse five it starts it starts getting interesting, more interesting, it's always interesting. Bible's always interesting. Then God blessed the seventh day no i'm in I'm in five now no shrub of the field was yet in the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted for the Lord God had not sent rain upon the earth, and there was no man to cultivate the ground. There was some unfinished stuff. That God was about to do, but it said there was not, this hadn't happened yet because what? There was no man to steward it. There was no man to cultivate the ground. But a mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. And then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground, breathed into his nostrils a breath of life, and the man became a living being. And then in, in chapter two, verse 15, it says, then the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. Somebody say stewardship. stewardship. We're actually called to be stewards. That's what we're called to be. We got to manage what God has given us. Well, we have to tend the garden. We got to make sure the truck has been refueled and washed. Right? I mean, God gives us some things. Uh, you know, uh, releases some things. Listen, if you're faithful with the small things, you'll be entrusted with much. I remember back in the day when. You know, I didn't hardly have money to hardly, you know, buy a a car or whatever, but somewhere I had learned stewardship and it didn't matter if it was rusted out. It didn't matter if it didn't have nice wheels. I made sure I washed it. I made sure I polished it. I made sure I maintained it because I felt like, okay, if I take care of this thing, then down the road, I'll be entrusted with something a little better. See, a generous lifestyle starts with putting selfishness to death because selfishness it's an enemy of generosity you know and you got to go search search my heart oh god know me you got to take up your cross daily a cross being identified as being under the rule there's something here that we we've got to understand because our culture is not basically it's dropping some things that really we we were a materialistic where it should be mine giving is a blessing as it's an antidote to selfishness. Jesus was a giver. The more that you give, the more that you become like Him. The more that you give, the more that you become like God. For God, what? gave His own, God first gave His only begotten Son, right? So we see the nature of God and a generous lifestyle starts with a decision. I love Isaiah 32.8. But a generous man devises generous things. And by generosity, he shall stand. So I, I just want to ask you something. Um, what are you devising so that you can be generous? Because generosity is not just about an emotion. Every once in a while you get touched. and like, oh yeah, I just want to. It, it's about a lifestyle. And it, it really takes a decision. One of the things that Robbie and I did, I was just, you know, pondering the series and pondering, "Hey God, where do we want to go?" And I felt like the, I felt like the Lord led me to just like, okay, um, I said, Robbie, let's get a jar and let's just write on the top of it, generosity jar. And then, you know, let's let's put some stuff in it. Let's put some money in it. Let's let's set ourselves up so that we are set up to be able to be generous, you know. So maybe instead of going out for a dinner this week. Well, we'll put some money in the generosity jar so that when the opportunity comes, we can be generous people because I want to devise generous things. I want to, I want to get up and go, God, today, how can I devise to be generous? How can I be generous with my, my stuff? But how can I be generous with my words? How can I be generous with my thoughts towards somebody? I mean, how, how, how can I do this? When was the last time you skipped going out to dinner or a latte to put yourself in a position to be generous? Do you make a decision to manage your finances well so you can be generous? Once again, Proverbs 11, 25, the generous man will be prosperous. I, I don't know of a person that doesn't wanna be prosperous. No, I don't really wanna be prosperous. And I'm not talking about the name and claim and faith thing. I'm not doing that. There's something that we can actually get ca- captured by even a poverty spirit. When, when God actually there's not one good parent that I know that just hopes well I hope my I hope my son and I hope my daughter just has enough to get by because it'll keep them humble. No it won't it'll keep them poor that, that, that's not the point. The point is there's something in the cycle of the kingdom that starts with generosity. I'm just gonna wait till I win the lotto and then I'm going to tithe. Well, how about you just start giving and I'm not recommending you play the lotto, but, but you have to make a determination that's not based on emotion, but it's based on discipline. There's a response and a reward. Response and reward. God is a rewarder. Settle that in your spirit. And it gets you out of the vicious cycle of getting, of keeping, of controlling and into the kingdom cycle of sowing and reaping and releasing. It's not about hardship. It's about lordship. It's about basically, okay, God, what have you given me? And listen, I don't think there's, I don't know of anybody that's arrived, but it's always a struggle because you got that thing, that self-preservation, that control, that, oh my goodness. But generosity has got to do with your treasure. And like I said earlier, but also with your time. With, sometimes time is one of the most pr- precious commodities that we have but you know what I found is if I give my time God gives me more time I mean it's crazy how it works Bible says God will not be mocked as a man sows so shall he reap you reap time you're gonna get back time you reap out of your material blessings you're gonna I mean I've just I've just had it man I mean I learned this I, I don't know how I learned this but I remember um I'm probably going to talk about this again a little bit, but I remember Robbie and I, we weren't walking with the Lord. We were like, you know, we had a rock and roll band. I mean, we're just traveling all over the place and just playing rock. But when I get back, whatever they whatever we earned on that, I'd I'd walk into my the local church I used to attend, and I would just give because something in me knew I've got this this is God's. I I've got to return it to God. And speaking of Generosity. as we close. I just want you to know this. God made a decision that was sacrificial on His part for you and I. I mean, God gave. God gave. And He gave His only Son so that we would not perish. And I can't talk about generosity without talking about Jesus. I can't talk about generosity without understanding the heart of God Towards people that he would say, Here, I, I, I'm gonna give I, I'm gonna give my my son so that you can all have eternal life. And then Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Not just a get-by thing, but abundantly eternal life, full of joy, full of peace, full of kingdom. That's that's the Jesus that I want to introduce you to this morning if you don't know him. I just I just I just want to pray over us this morning and then I want to ask a question so let me pray first Jesus if you're online with us this morning I just 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 bow your heads and your hearts with us as well Jesus I just pray right now God the world has cultivated a getting culture a controlling culture but God the kingdom is about a generous culture. And it's about sowing. It's about reaping. and It's about holding things with an open hand. It's about blessing people. It's about allowing Your Word and Your Spirit to change our hearts because we needed to be born again. We were born selfish, but we are born again generous. And sometimes it's hard to just kind of learn how to walk in that way. But God, I just pray today there's a grace over Your people to walk in a new way when it comes to generosity and living a life of generosity. Lord, I don't know i don't know one person that's a generous person that just doesn't have people that are just blessed around them. God, and we're called to bless people. Help us devise things. Help us strategize. Help us think bigger than what we're doing. Help us to recognize, hey man, there's some things that I can do solely for the purpose of just releasing blessing into the lives of people in the kingdom. And then finally, as we're still in this prayer, if you're here this morning and maybe you haven't you haven't received, you haven't opened your heart of that that gift of God through a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you were even moved. But being moved should lead you to make a decision. And if you've never given your heart to this Jesus, I just want to give you the opportunity to do that today. It's the most important decision. Remember the word that says, you know, a generous man devises generous things. This is the most important decision that you will make. Is to say, I become a believer in Christ. I believe in Him. Thank you for forgiving my sin, Jesus. I know that I need you. Not just, I don't need to know about you. I need to know you. I need to know you. Not just in my head, but in my heart beautiful picture where the Bible says, behold, I I stand at the door and knock and if any man would hear me and open, I will come in. The only handle on that door is on the inside. Only you can open it. And if you're here this morning, I'm the only one looking around, but you're saying, I want to open the door of my heart and I want to allow Jesus to just come in and I proclaim him, confess him Lord and Savior. If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand? Wait, I want to agree with you. You're saying today I become a believer. I become a follower of Jesus. Anybody here this morning? If you're online, there's a link that you can pick. You know, you can you can uh, you can click on. Anybody here this morning? You're saying I I want to I want to follow Jesus. I want to receive this Jesus as Lord and Savior today. God, I thank you so much for what you're doing in your church. Lord, it just—it seems like this culture that we're in, there's a shift. There's a shift. And the shift is that we walk not in fear, but we walk by faith. We walk not by sight, but we walk by faith. And I pray for this community of believers that God, You would just bring an amazing blessing this week. Help us to devise things that are generous. Help us to be a blessing. Help us to be. Help us to recognize that God, we have the opportunity to bless people in the name of Jesus. Listen, I want to give you one more story. I was back in Eastern Montana a couple weeks ago, and we were just doing some hunting. We had the bird dogs, and and we walked into this cafe. You know, some of these smaller towns and in montana or just there ain't much to them and you're sometimes you're lucky if there's a cafe and then you you know pray for your food and really mean it but there was a young wait waitress there and uh we just got to there's eight of eight of us guys and most of them from our church and we just just felt like hey we want to pray for you can we just pray for yes Actually, we asked this one young lady. We did this a number of times. It was just so cool. It was like, I don't even... Somebody asked me how the hunting was. Like, hunting was okay, but man, the God stuff was amazing. I asked this one lady. um, I said, can we just pray for you? And she says, yeah, I'm trying to find my faith again. I mean, just like that. Sometimes we think it's so hard. But anyway, so we had lunch, and one of the guys in the party decided to buy everybody's lunch, man, just generous. That is cool. And then there was somebody that just felt like in the spirit, like, man, I think this waitress, she could just really, really use a blessing. And so he just said, Hey guys, how about you catch the tip? I think she really needs it, man. I'm telling you what, it was amazing to see the pile of money on top of this table. I'm serious. It was like, I was just like, this is kingdom. This is what we're supposed to do right here. We're just supposed to go bless people. We're supposed to be generous. We're supposed to release what God has given us. And, God, and then God says, oh, oh, guess what? Wow, you washed the truck and you filled it up again. Here, why don't you have some more? Seriously, it works like that. It's an amazing cycle. A generous life is what we're called to.